Welcome to How Leaders Lead, where every week you get to listen in while I interview some of the best leaders in the world. I break down the key learnings so that by the end of the episode, you'll have something simple you can apply as you develop into a better leader. That's what this podcast is all about. Now, we have a bonus episode for you this week because today, March 22nd, is the release date of my brand new book, Take Charge of You, How Self-Coaching Can Transform Your Life and Career. I'm going to read you the introduction to the book because I know you'll get so much value as a leader and achieve even more success if you can learn how to become a great self-coach. Your life is simply way too important to leave your personal growth and professional development to chance. And in this book, I'll give you an insightful roadmap and specific tools for becoming more self-aware on your journey to reaching your fullest potential. The great leaders I know are self-coaches, and I'm here to teach you how to be one. All right, here we go. Take Charge of You, How Self-Coaching Can Transform Your Life and Career by David Novak and Jason Goldsmith. Introduction to Self-Coaching, Becoming the Best You You Can Be. Everyone wants to find success in their life and career. The question is, how to get there? Well, this book is going to show you a way that not many coaches will tell you about. It's going to show you how you can coach yourself to success. A few years ago, Google created Project Oxygen with the purpose of discovering what makes someone a good manager or determining if managers even matter for success. Team members went to work gathering and analyzing data and came up with a definite conclusion. Not only do managers matter a lot, but the best ones display a consistent set of eight traits. Can you guess what was number one on the list? The most important quality successful managers should have? First and foremost, good managers are good coaches. Of course, that shouldn't come as a surprise. The importance of good coaching has been studied and written about for some time now. It can help people see themselves and their experiences more clearly. It can help them respond to situations more effectively. It can help them expand their knowledge and capabilities. It can help them define what they need to do and stay on track as they do it. In short, good coaching can help them reach more of their potential and become the best they can be. Yet. Despite all the known benefits, good coaching doesn't seem to be practiced all that much. Following up on his identification of six defining leadership styles, Daniel Goleman, psychologist and author of the best-selling Emotional Intelligence, wrote that even though coaching has been shown to improve results, the coaching style is used least often among the six leadership styles in our high-pressure economy. Where does that leave all the people out there in need of a good coach? The need is clear. How many times have we heard how disengaged people are at work? The Gallup numbers come out every year and they never seem to budge all that much. According to Gallup's recent state of the global workplace report, 85% of employees are not engaged or worse, are actively disengaged at work. That means there are a lot of people out there who just don't like their jobs, despite the fact that they spend at least a quarter of their time at work. Americans are also starting new businesses at the fastest rate in more than a decade. 
and they are opting for freelance or gig work more and more often. And they are increasingly working from home, which means they are likely without a manager or mentor on hand to act as their coach. People in these kinds of situations often don't have options for personal coaching without paying high prices for it. Whether you work for yourself or for someone else, the market is becoming increasingly competitive and dynamic. If you don't know how to develop yourself and your skills, you will fall behind. So what are people who want to grow and achieve more supposed to do? Are they supposed to sit around and hope that their organizations get with the program? Are they supposed to wait and see if their bosses develop the coaching skills they need to succeed? And what about all the people who are self-employed, have lost a job, are transitioning to new careers, or retiring? It's often in those transitional moments, whether professional or personal, moving to a new town, deciding whether to start a family, recovering from grief or illness. It's those times when people need coaching the most. But so often, those are the moments when we end up having to figure out things on our own. Where are people who find themselves in these kinds of situations supposed to find the coaching help they could sorely use? As important as coaches are, there just aren't enough good ones to go around. In fact, there's a real coaching deficit out there. And the coaches who do exist are often far too expensive and in too high demand for most people to consider hiring on their own. But that doesn't mean you should go without. Your life is too important to leave your personal growth and professional development to chance. It's time to take responsibility for coaching into your own hands and give yourself what you need to succeed, grow, and lead a more fulfilling life. It's time to take charge of you and learn how to self-coach. Coaching yourself doesn't mean that you have to go it alone and you can't look to others for help or guidance. Quite the opposite. It means you are constantly looking for ways to grow yourself and for anything and anyone who can help you do that. We want to provide that help for you and be your guides on your self-coaching journey. We know we can because we have many decades of coaching experience between us, and we have helped thousands of people transform their lives and careers. We know how to coach others, and we know how to coach ourselves. Our backgrounds enable us to provide a combination of business, performance, and life coaching skills that you can't find anywhere else. We first met because even at this later stage of our careers, we found a reason to seek out coaching from each other. In the beginning, David was simply looking for help with his golf game. Jason's performance coaching fundamentally changed it for the better, and then our relationship started working the other way around too. We got to know each other and became close friends, and that was when David started using his coaching expertise to help Jason build his business. Along the way, we discovered something. There were basic things we both did that were coaching essentials. It didn't matter whether it was in an office or on a golf course. We also realized that having coaching skills, especially self-coaching skills, has benefited us both in countless ways. It's helped our careers, of course, but it's also been invaluable in improving just about every aspect of our lives. Here's an example from David. In 1997, I was working at PepsiCo, heading up two of its three restaurant brands, KFC and Pizza Hut, when a decision was made to spin off the company's restaurants to create an entirely new company. The decision had been a well-kept secret, so when Roger Enrico, PepsiCo's CEO, called me into his office to tell me the news, I was caught by surprise. 
I was even more surprised and not in a good way when he told me I was going to be co-leader of the new company along with the head of PepsiCo's third restaurant brand, Taco Bell. Co-leader wasn't exactly what it sounded like. The other guy was going to be named CEO, while I would be president and second in command. Something about the idea just didn't sit right with me, but I didn't say anything right away, and I couldn't ask anyone for advice. The new management team was to remain a secret until PepsiCo was ready to announce it publicly, which meant I had to navigate the situation on my own. I figured I had to give Enrico's idea a chance. The head of Taco Bell was relatively new to his position, so I suggested we meet for dinner to get to know each other better. When Enrico pitched the co-leader idea to me, he had positioned this guy as having more financial capability than I did, which was why he would be CEO and I would be his second. But as we talked, I discovered that wasn't really true. He had previously worked at a convenience store chain and been part of the management team that had brought the company out of Chapter 11. But I learned that his role had been in operations, while someone else oversaw the financial side. There were other things that nod at me, too. He didn't have as much experience as I did in the restaurant business, and he didn't seem to share my passion for it either. He was more interested in talking about the money we would make. We had different backgrounds, but by the end of the conversation, I was convinced I could do the job just as well as he could, if not a whole lot better. Of course, it's one thing for me to think that, it's another to get other people to agree. After the meeting, I started working on ways to convince Enrico that I should get the top job instead. Enrico wasn't happy that I hadn't accepted his co-leader offer right away, and word got back to him that I was working on other options. Not long after, I got a call from the head of HR. David, if you're not careful, you're going to get fired, he told me. If you guys want to fire me, then go ahead and fire me, I shot back. I was upset, and my response reflected it. As soon as I hung up, I realized I was in deep trouble. If you go up against the boss, only one person wins, and it isn't you. I knew if I was going to get what I wanted, I needed to approach things with a different mindset. I knew Enrico didn't want to fire me. He valued my expertise, and besides that, we were friends. But I needed to smooth things over, and to do that, I needed to let him know how much I appreciated all the things that he'd done for me. I also needed to show him that if he had to choose between the head of Taco Bell and me, I was the obvious choice. So I put together a 30-page presentation and set up a meeting. It was a holiday when we met, and everyone had the day off, leaving the office oddly quiet. I began by apologizing to Enrico for acting so emotionally and explaining that I had done so because the situation wasn't sitting right in my heart. He knew I was a passionate person, so he accepted that, and that allowed me to make my case. At the end of my presentation, I said to Enrico, okay, you don't think I can be CEO. I think I can, but I'll accept that I don't have as much financial experience as you'd like. So all I ask is that you give me someone I can learn from. I suggested a few names of people who, in my opinion, would be stronger CEOs than the head of Taco Bell. One of them was Andy Pearson, a former president of PepsiCo and renowned professor at Harvard Business School. I knew that Pearson had a deep well of experience, which would complement my own, and that at the age of 72, he would be ready to let me take the reins sooner rather than later. Enrico listened and agreed. Pearson came on board as CEO, and I accepted the position of president. What's more, Pearson became one of my closest friends and allies. Even though he had a three-year contract as CEO, he stepped aside 
after we had worked together for just two years. That's when I was named CEO of Yum Brands, the largest restaurant company in the world. This might never have happened if I hadn't been able to coach myself through that crucial moment. I could have blown it so easily. When the head of HR told me I could get fired, he wasn't kidding. That's how angry Enrico was at me. It might sound strange, but years later, after I retired from the position of CEO, I used similar skills to coach myself through a cancer diagnosis. It's a story I'll talk more about later in the book, but I mention it now because self-coaching really helped me through it. It helped me accept the reality of the situation and humbly admit that so much of it was outside my control, but also to realize that I wasn't completely powerless. With that mindset, I was able to step back and decide what I wanted to happen and learn everything I could about how to give myself the best chance of surviving. Then I worked toward that through good days and bad until I was in remission. Now, Jason has his self-coaching story in the book, but I'll leave it to you to read that. Let me move on to the rest of the chapter. What it really means to coach. Think about a plant you might have in the corner of your office or at home in your living room. You want that plant to thrive and grow tall, but often it won't do that without some help. Perhaps it's not getting enough light or water. Maybe there isn't enough space around it to stretch its roots. It might be exposed to less than optimal temperatures or poor quality soil. Any number of things could be getting in its way. Now, if you know something about this particular plant and are paying attention, you can help. Of course, it's not going to benefit the plant if you berate it for not being taller or, or take its branches in your hands and try to force them to stretch. But you can help in other ways by moving it to a brighter spot if that's what it needs or repotting it in a larger container with more room to grow. You can't change the plant's basic nature, but with the right awareness and actions, you can work with what you have and create conditions that give it the best chance to thrive. It's the same with self-coaching. You don't need to reject your fundamental nature or change who you are at your core to reach your full potential. You're not going to try to force growth or to blame, shame, or berate it out of yourself. What you need is to develop a good understanding of who you are and what drives you. And then you need a process, a kind of blueprint you can follow that will help you use that knowledge to create conditions that will allow you to grow and thrive. That's what this book offers you. Despite this book's title, you won't really be going it alone. We will use our combined years of experience to act as your surrogate coaches, providing the insight, information, and motivation you need to grow yourself personally and professionally. To that end, we have developed a simple, straightforward process that will guide you on your self-coaching journey. Step-by-step, step, it will help you hone in on what is really going to make a difference in your life, develop a specific action plan to make it real, and then provide the process and inspiration needed to see things through. What's more, the book will unfold not as a passive reading experience, but as an interactive experience chock full of exercises, tips, and questions to ask yourself to spark insight. It's designed to provide not just the knowledge you need, but also the tools to turn that knowledge into real, lasting change. Along the way, our guidance will be brought to life by inspiring stories from top performers in a wide range of fields. In addition to our own experiences, you will hear from people like legendary NFL quarterback Tom Brady, one of the world's longest-serving female CEOs, Indra Nui of PepsiCo, one of Fortune's world's greatest leaders, Marvin Ellison, CEO of Lowe's, 
one of Fortune Magazine's most powerful women in business, Lynn Dowdy of KPMG, star of Bravo TV shows Million Dollar Listing and Sell It Like Sirhunt, Ryan Sirhunt, superstar Southern chef Edward Lee, commissioner of the WNBA and the first female CEO of Deloitte, Kathy Engelberg, financial industry giants like J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, tech industry leaders like Tony Hsu of DoorDash, some of the world's top athletes, past and present, like Justin Rose, Jason Day, Larry Fitzgerald, Megan Klingenberg, Raymond Floyd, and many more. With all that wisdom collected in one place, paired with an easy-to-follow step-by-step process and exercises designed to spur real transformation, we believe you can't help but succeed if you give self-coaching a chance. No more waiting for the right coach to come along. Or even if you have a coach or mentor, no more relying on that person's insights alone. It's time to take your personal growth and professional development into your own hands. The only thing you need to get started is a desire to access more of your potential and a willingness to keep an open mind. After that, you can coach yourself wherever you want to go. Take charge action. Get ready to coach yourself. This book is meant to be more than just something you read and then put back on the shelf. It's meant to be something you use, a blueprint to take you from where you are now to where you want to go. To that end, you will find what we call take charge actions throughout this book. Exercises and tools that will help you practice the skills you need to consistently move yourself forward. That practice is a crucial part of any person's growth and success. So we hope you will take it seriously and spend time on it rather than rushing through this book. For his podcast, How Leaders Lead with David Novak, David once interviewed Kathy Engelberg. Before her leadership roles at the WNBA and Deloitte, she was an athlete at Lehigh University where she played basketball for Hall of Fame coach Muffet McGraw. Engelbert still remembers how McGraw always used to tell the team, the game is won in practice, so practice as hard as you play in the game. Engelbert took that lesson with her when she went into the business world. The game is not won when one thing is on the line, she replied. It's won in all the preparation leading up to closing a big deal or driving a big new revenue stream. With that idea in mind, we encourage you to prepare yourself now to make the most out of the take charge actions we provide you. Depending on what works best for you, you might want to get a notebook dedicated to working through this process, a place where you can write down the answers to questions, do the exercises, and make note of your progress. Or if you prefer, you can go to TakeChargeOfYou.com, where we have a digital option that you can use for the same purpose. That's your very first assignment. Whichever method works best for you, prepare yourself now to put in the practice time. It's time to get practicing. Today's episode was a fun one for me, and I'm so glad you were able to get a sneak peek of the new book. If you enjoyed what I just read to you, I want you to go to Amazon and buy a copy of Take Charge of You. And if you lead a team, get a copy for every member of your team and go through it together. Jason and I will teach you all the secrets to self-coaching and help you be an even more effective leader. So do you want to know how leaders lead? What we learned today is that great leaders are great self-coaches. We'll be back on Thursday with the conversation spearheaded by Donna Barton Brothers, 
She's the NBC commentator that covers the Kentucky Derby, and she's going to interview myself and Jason Goldsmith, the sports performance coach for world-class athletes that helped me co-author the book, Take Charge of You. I can't wait for you to listen in. See you Thursday. Thursday.